he's like, oh, I think there's a plastic bag in there. I jimmied a plastic bag. I found a towel. I, so I had the cardboard box, a towel, and a plastic bag. And I fucking pissed for what felt like five minutes into a plastic bag in the back seat of my husband's car. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Lainey, TV reporter, talk show host, and founder of LaineyGossip.com. And I'm Sasha, television producer and fashion reporter on LaineyGossip.com. This is a show where we get right up in your business. This is What's Your Drama? Well, you know. How are you? I'm not great. <laughs> My hands are sweating. <laughs> okay, well, as you know, for the last, what, four, five months on this podcast, all we've been talking about, our open has been COVID. Um, and so I will share my non-COVID COVID story um, with uh-huh. everybody because, I mean, what else do we have to do? And everyone's been on the ride with us. But so on Friday, today we are recording on Wednesday, the day before the podcast mm-hmm. goes up. So Friday night, right before I go to bed, I have some green tea, I smoke some weed, and I go to bed like no big deal. Somehow during Friday night, I wake up in the middle of the night and my fucking stomach hurts so much. Like I'm talking cramps and like I've never had trapped gas, but I think that that's what it was because it was just like moving around and it was just twisting all night. Yeah. I I hate that. Oh, so you had that? A little bit right now. I hate, like I have it a little bit right now, but not to the extent that you have. Yeah, I've never had that. I've never had a stomach ache that keeps me up all night. So Saturday rolls around. I am like in pain and also so sad because when I don't get sleep, I'm not like you. I don't feel rejuvenated. I feel like I fucking want to dig a hole and cry. Right. Um, and so we were going to meet later on that evening. So Saturday rolls around and I still, my stomach just feels like fucking bad. And then all of a sudden the shits come. Going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom. I come and see you on Saturday. I have to leave within an hour because my stomach hurts. And to be clear, we were in a backyard with with friends. Oh, yeah. All of us sitting six feet apart. I was sitting and probably there were about no more than there was how many of us? Six? six. Yeah. And I was sitting about 25 feet away from you. Right. We were <laughs> Honest at to God. a friend's backyard. Yeah. Yes. Um, then Sunday rolls around, still fucking Rhea D running to the fucking bathroom constantly. Monday, running to the bathroom. Today's Oh my God, Tuesday, running to the bathroom. So Tuesday, um, oh, sorry, Monday night, I, I'm like, this is a little bit unreal. Like, why the fuck do I, like, I, did I drink too much green tea? Is that even a thing? Anyway, email my doctor and she goes, you know what? I think you need a COVID test. Literally everything in me, as you know, is, it turns into anxiety mush. I'm still sweating with anxiety mush because yesterday, uh, which was Tuesday, I was like, yeah, wavering. Do I take the COVID test? Do I not? Like, why? Like, I knew that GI issues can be a symptom of COVID, but I'm like, Lainey, yeah. you know me. And whole anyone who's listening to this podcast, I don't leave my fucking house. And when I say that, no, you don't. I'm not exaggerating. I get my food delivered. I get my medicines delivered. Everything. I do not leave this house. And when I do, I see people 
from a fucking distance and it snow is outside. I am nowhere near people. So I was like, do I really, do I really need the test? And then I thought, you know what, like to be a good person, I need to make sure that it is not. So Corey and I go to the drive-thru. There's a drive-thru um, COVID testing place that's like half an hour away from us. If you're in Toronto, um, it's in Etobicoke. I don't know if I would suggest it because we were fucking there for three and a half hours. Right. Can you imagine being trapped in your car for three and a half hours? Keep in mind when there's somebody who is me shitting herself every fucking half an hour and there's fucking porta potties and I'm sure shit not fucking using the porta potties that fucking yeah. whole, like three and a half hours worth of people are using. Like fuck that. And you and you went to the drive through because because there are other testing centers, but you didn't want to like I don't even want to walk in the standing line and yeah. I did not I thought that would be the safest thing to do. Yeah. Um anyway cut to the fact that uh, I don't know what I, I took the test. They did a swab. They did the, have you done one yet? Mm-mm. Okay. So the nasal swab literally goes to like your brain as everyone says. I heard because Amy told me like it, she felt like her brain got poked. Yeah. It does feel like that. It also feels, I, I was trying to figure out what it was, but it feels like you jump into like a chlorinated pool. It's like that weird, you know, that chlorine yeah, shit. Yeah, like yeah, it just yeah, feels yeah. like it just chlorine pinches all the way up to your brain. Anyway, um, all that to say, it was fine and whatever, but it is stressful and it is hardcore waiting in a fucking lineup for three and a half hours and every move forward, you're just anticipating like potentially the worst news ever. I don't know if I have COVID or not. I pray to God I don't, but this is just a reminder to everyone that GI symptoms are a symptom of COVID. So if you were like, "Mm, why do I have the runs or like go get tested because it's super important. And I would also say to find yourself like this is what I've just learned over the last few days is to really find yourself someone outside of your doctor because all my doctor did was like go get a COVID test. And that doesn't help you in the interim when you're like really paranoid and you're like, well, what can I do with these symptoms? And um, like I have an amazing naturopath. Her name's Christina Gordon. If, any, if anyone needs a naturopath in Canada or outside of Canada, she's fucking the shit. You need to find someone else to help you through this or you'll spiral. And I'm already spiraling. I'm so anxious for tomorrow. I check that website all the time to see what my results are, even though I know they won't come in until tomorrow. And it's a really anxious, it's really, it's a really anxious time. And to think that you have the possibility of having it is, it's kind of like my worst nightmare. But I don't know if I have it, everyone else is fucking doomed because there is no way you could be more sanitized (laughs) and more vigilant than me. Truly, would you not be blown away? Right. And yet, if you do have it, like we're doing the podcast. So, you know, it doesn't have to be fatal. No, like you'll just, ha- like I've just been going to the bathroom every fucking eight and a half minutes. Yeah. But I, w- I mean, it's shitty, literally, literally. for you yeah. if you have it. I don't think you do. Like, it's a, that would be crazy if you had it, since, again, as we've said, you are. I mean, you're the most vigilant person I know. Like, I mean, I've been pretty good too, but not to your extent. I mean, I go play golf. You don't even do that. I don't go outdoors. Barely. Barely. Well, you have. I mean, we just said that we had like but an barely. outdoor visit. Maybe every, someone's, maybe every two You walk weeks. two blocks to your, from, you basically walk two blocks from your house to have an outdoor visit the I other day. I don't even walk. I drive or I get driven. Oh, right. That is like... <laughs> I'm telling you, the level of insanity. But I'll tell you what is 
what was the funniest shit waiting for that fucking test is as soon as we rolled up, they were like two hour wait, even though it was three and a half hour wait, two hour wait. And as soon as we stopped, I was like, I have to fucking piss so bad. There's no way in hell because you have a small bladder too, right? Oh, yeah. So at three hour mark, right when I can see the tent where we're getting the COVID test, I say to Corey, I'm like, fuck, I have to piss so bad. Like I can't. He's like, Sasha, just wait. We're so close. I was like, no. I look in the back seat. There's a fucking cardboard box. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, cardboard box. And then he's like, oh, I think there's a plastic bag in there. I fucking jimmied a plastic bag. I found a towel. So I had the cardboard box, a towel, and a fucking plastic bag. And I fucking pissed for what felt like five minutes into a plastic bag in the back seat of my husband's car. <laughs> so that's that was something like and it was so great because then I almost was like, I just fucking love Corey. Didn't even care. Was like, you're good? Great. Like fucking make sure oh, you tie that okay. shit up. I but you know there was I was worried that that would scar Corey. I did too. I totally did yeah. too. The fact that I was squatting like five centimeters away from him in a fucking cardboard box into a Loblaws bag and um, was like, great. I felt so much better, but it made me feel that three and a half hours brought Corey and I closer because like you're stuck in a car, both having anxiety attacks and also needing to release yourself in the backseat. I think you're going to be fine. Please. Um, But I understand how, how you in particular are the most anxious about this. Yes. I really hope this GI thing clears up for you soon yes. so that you can go back to not having to have liquid come out of your asshole. I really don't want to pee out of my butt anymore. But again, GI issues, if you have them, don't just be like, eh, whatever. Like, see how they go, get them tested, talk to your doctor, but also find someone else to advocate for your health. For me, that was my naturopath. I hope that you guys also have that sort of support system in your life as well. All right. Are we ready Ugh. to get into yes, the questions? Yes, I need to, yes, distract me. You need to get out of your own head, right? Yes. Okay. All right. First question. Um, hi, Sasha and Lainey. Sorry if this is super long, but I need help. Around the time I met one of my best friends, let's call her Selena, she started dating her then boyfriend, Justin. <laughs> yep. I love this. <laughs> I quickly realized that these two were very toxic together. I've spent many, many hours with Selena talking, crying, and raging over Justin and his behavior. There are many stories, but to make this shorter, it can just be said that they have been on and off for the last four years. Selena has developed some pretty serious mental health challenges because of him and is noticeably miserable when he's back in the picture. From my perspective, Justin has been mentally and emotionally abusive, gaslighting Selena at every chance he gets. When they're off, she claims she hates him, mocks his life choices, and talks a lot of crap, only to casually mention that they're back together by dropping it into the middle of the sentence like it means nothing. I'll also mention that I don't think it's completely one way. Obviously, this relationship is unhealthy for both of these individuals. They bring out the worst in each other, and I don't remember the last time they went longer than three days without a massive blowout. I love Selena and I will always be there for my friends no matter what, no matter how they've messed up. And for the first few years of this relationship, I was right there giving advice, staying quiet and comforting Selena when she needed it, bashing Justin. I am an empath and I really did feel the pain that Selena was experiencing, the clear anxiety and depression this man was causing. This obviously shaped my opinion on Justin and their relationship as well. Every time they got back together, I understood it less and less. I get how love can be complicated and confusing, but it should never be as abusive and sad as what I witnessed. 
Selena eventually stopped bringing every detail to me. I had given all the advice I had and it wasn't going to change. Neither of them had undergone any serious development, so it wasn't as though the relationship had either. But recently, Selena has started to bring me stories again, mentioning him, complaining about him, gossiping about him. It's been four years of this nonsense. I am tired of this relationship, and I know Selena knows exactly how I feel about this guy. I love drama, but this is too much. I don't want to hear about it anymore. How can I tell Selena to stop talking to me about him? Is there any way to do this gently? She's been known in the past to react poorly to people letting her down. I don't want to ruin my relationship with Selena, but I am tired. Do you think I should just be quiet and mind my own business? Am I a bad friend for not caring anymore? If it helps, we are all in our early 20s. Please help. You can call me Taylor. (laughs) Well, she fucking really painted a picture of probably what did happen between Selena, Justin, and Taylor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, I think both of us have had experiences with a friend who is in a super toxic relationship. Yes. I don't know that it lasted four years. I'm trying to think about my friend, but um, we've been here, right? Totally. We've been Taylor, so to speak. We have been Taylor through and through. Okay. I mean, I, I just sort of want to empathize with Taylor for a bit because, God, that shit is so fucking exhausting because you just keep on doling out the same goddamn advice. And then they pretend to take it for a hot second and then they just do the goddamn opposite. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, I will say that for me, what I did was I was super blunt and said, I love you. I will be here for you always. But I um, will not be here to um, hear the stories. I've said what I've had to say. Like, I have nothing else to tell you. You now have to make those decisions for yourself. And I actually have a friend who recently was talking to me about um, her uh, relationship with her partner um, and how it took a really bad turn, a lot of emotional abuse. Um, And then within weeks, they got back together. And it was so jarring to hear about the emotional abuse and then how quickly she was able to be like, but we're back together. And I told her, I was like, you know, if I could throw hot water in his face fucking right now, I would. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. You have like you have to make the decisions for yourself. So I support you in whatever decisions. I might not agree with them, but I support you. And that's kind of what you have to play. You have to play that kind of gray area, that middle ground, because you want to still support your friend and be there for them. And they know that you're there for them. But that doesn't mean that you have to fucking cheerlead a fucking broken, toxic relationship. I mean, I I don't know exactly what Taylor is asking here. Like, I don't know that the approach is to put your hand up and be like, uh, I'm out. No, like, but, if still, her, but if her, as you said. But if her friend's bringing up like, oh, fucking Justin, yeah. what do you say? You sit there and listen? Or you say, dude, Selena, I can't anymore. Or you, yeah, exactly. You say, dude, Selena, this is not good for you. And I'm going to be here for you no matter what when this ends badly. But this is, I mean, you just kind of say, you you stick to that party line. You know what I mean? Like there are things to say where you, um, because Taylor says she's an empath. Mm -hmm. And so you can be like, I, you can be like, I understand you're frustrated. You don't need all the details. You just need to be like, I need to reiterate, this is toxic for you. This is not good for you. I know that you're not ready to leave and end it. When you are, I'll always be there for you. But I, I, we can't be like 
in a granular way going through this over and over again. Right. Yeah. And, and is that is that the script? I feel like that's the script. You stick to those few sentences and you just keep on repeating mm-hmm. that until she realizes that you won't give her what she's looking for, which is some sort of twist that she should be with him. You know, like if you just keep to that script, I think that she'll get the hint. She'll either find someone else or she'll be able to figure this out on her own. Yeah. And that's what the whole thing they let me just say they're in their early 20s mid 20s i think she said um yeah somewhere 20s it was we are in our early 20s so if they've been to get if they've been together 4 years this is it's such a an interesting confusing uncertain and also formative part of your life too let's call it if they're in their early 20s let's call it about 22 23 4 years meaning that they've been together what since 17 18 19ish sure. right and um, at a certain point, like, it also stunts growth. Big time. And so when someone like this keeps bringing issues and keeps wanting to talk over it, like, over, like talk through it over and over again, it's almost like they um, – how, how do I put this? It's, it's, it's talking for just the sake of talking. Mm-hmm. It's like they have nothing else to talk about. Right. Right? Yeah. Because this relationship in these formative years has literally defined her. Totally. And that's what's really sad here. That's the tragedy is that Selena has been completely, her entire life has been defined or so far, at least, you know, for the four years, but during this incredibly important period of time has been defined by this relationship. So I also want Taylor to have that perspective that, one of the reasons why Selena keeps wanting to talk about it over and over again and on and on is because she hasn't, because of this relationship, had an opportunity to explore anything else that's interesting and different in life. Her identity is intertwined in this relationship. That's and we right. Saw, we, we that's all, right. Like as we are older than early twenties, um, I, I we saw that all the time. My friends did that. Like there were just a good chunk of girls who really ruined a lot of their life being with someone because they lost themselves totally in, in a dangerous relationship. So yeah, like I think that's where you have to keep Taylor, your empathy still going is like, she's not yeah. doing it to bug you or to annoy you. She's doing it because she's yeah. quite helpless actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. What else does she have going on? Nothing. Nothing. When something like this takes over your entire life, you don't develop other interests, let alone not like, you know, meeting other people, but like, what are your interests? What are the things that you are um, curious about? Totally. You know, uh, I think that, and in that respect, I think it's really, really sad. And of course, Taylor knows this. And obviously, I, I have no doubt you'll continue to be empathetic. But if you do want to engage Selena in any kinds of conversations, one of the ways to engage her might be like, what else do you have? Mm. I'm worried. Because like sometimes suddenly 23 can be 33. Oh, 40. Oh, my 43, God. 53. Yes. Uh, 100%. You look back and you're right? like, I've had, I've had only damaged relationships. I don't know who the fuck I am. So, Taylor, good luck. Yeah. But um, know that, you know – Taylor's also kind of a caregiver mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, caregivers need a little bit of, like, some people to think about them too, totally. you know? Like, how taxing, you a tax you pay as a caregiver. Totally. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, next. Dear Sash and Lainey, I'm a longtime male listener to your podcasts and enjoy the straightforward, no-nonsense advice you dole out, and I'm in need of some of that tough love. I have a longtime female best friend who went through a messy divorce. She eventually started working at my current workplace, and things were great for a couple of years. We enjoyed hanging out and being able to talk about anything and everything. No romantic feelings on either side and genuinely enjoyed each other's company. Fast forward to the COVID-19 pandemic, and she started going out with a colleague at work, which is where things started to get weird. While the guy seems to be nice and understanding about the friendship, according to her, it feels to me like he definitely doesn't appreciate it. Whenever the three of us hang out, I feel like the third wheel. I probably am. Even though she claims that things are normal and nothing has changed, I can't help but feel that things have changed. It is little things like not replying to texts or abruptly leaving in the middle of a conversation or being deliberately vague when talking about plans for the weekend. It seems like she only messages or talks to me when the new boyfriend is busy or at work and they're not hanging out. I'm happy for her since she had to go through a lot of shit over the past few years and she deserves to be happy, which she is with this new guy. However, I don't want to be the clueless guy that can't take a hint and and ends up being the awkward hanger on. Should I just slowly ease off and extricate myself from the situation and appreciate the time that we did spend together and settle for hanging out very occasionally? I've considered the fact that this might be jealousy of the new relationship and us not hanging out as much, but I don't think so. In the past, if male friends acted like this, I would have just cut them out and moved on. But as I get older, I am more appreciative, desperate of hanging <laughs> on to genuine. <laughs> um, that, that was his words, not mine. I'm more appreciative, desperate of hanging on to genuine friendships as they're not easy to come by. I would appreciate a female take on this as this is not something I can talk to my other friends about. Yours faithfully, R. R. Thanks, R. R. I love this letter. Thanks for, thanks for writing. Um, I love this letter I do too, so don't you? Because you can so much. I love you. I do too. I, know. I love you. I feel I'm like, so happy you're out there. I feel like a lot of our male listeners, um, I don't know how many we have, but whenever they write in, they're the best questions. They really, really are. They show mm-hmm. up with the best questions. I mean, listen, ours friend is juggling. Haven't you just had to juggle? Like where you're like, I'm in a new relationship, but I'm going to keep on. I'm going to be a really good friend. I'm going to pretend that I can do this. And yeah, it doesn't work. And R, I'm so sad to tell you because you said you wanted straight talk. But like your friend is going to go away for a bit. She's going to go away for a bit. She's going to phantom. She's going to ghost you. But she will come back. If you guys really are like true, really good friends, she just needs this time to fuck her boyfriend a lot, to love on her boyfriend a lot. And be with her boyfriend like they're fucking zipped together. And then she'll fucking be annoyed by him and will need a break. And then the rest of your relationship as you knew it before will continue. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, like that, that's literally like the gameplay for anybody who has a really good friend who starts dating somebody. You know what? I think that, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I have anything to add to that because that's 
exactly what the situation is. But what I do want to say to R is I really love that R is so in touch with his feelings. Like, and, and to, I don't know, you know, in friendships, it doesn't always have to be dramatic. Like the last question we had with Selena, Justin and Taylor. Sometimes these are just the, the weird and awkward, but not scandalous, not sensational. Um, uh, places that we find ourselves in with friendships that even when you speak it out loud, you're like, is this really a big yeah. deal? I don't know. I'm not sure. And and R is like just putting that all on the table yeah. and being like, is this a big deal? I don't know. What am I feeling? The fact of the matter is, R, you're feeling something. And for you to acknowledge it and to explore it and to be like, just tell me like what is happening. I think that's the gray space in so many mm. friendships that um, – that make friendships sometimes more fascinating than romantic totally. relationships. This totally. like really weird. The dance, right? It's a weird dance. I know. Yeah, it's fascinating. You're right. And so, R, R, I, I just, I really appreciate you articulating it like this. Again, it's not high, high scale drama, but it's just, I'm sure it is the most relatable thing out there for everybody. We've all been there. Man, woman, or they, right? Yeah. Um. It, and it hurts. Like I get like there's hurt feelings because you, you know, you're like you don't want to be a clinger honor, but you still want to see your friend. But you also are like aware enough that you're like, I don't want to be the fucking third wheel clinger honor. So it's like this yeah. hard like you're like exactly what you said, lady is like you're like inwardly struggling. Like, is this a thing? Like, should I be yeah. upset? Should I not? But what I will say um, about ours, this this relationship, this friendship with his girlfriend is obviously really true because what he had said is in the past, he would have fucking been like, peace out. And he doesn't want to do that. Obviously, his gut mm-hmm. is to like stick with her. But I think, mm-hmm. as I just said a little bit ago, is like friendships are a bit of a dance and like they do kind of go in and out sometimes. And so yeah. you're just going to be just on the sidelines for a bit because she just needs to do her thing. But you guys are clearly like ride or dies. And I'm sure you'll like, I know for a fact, like you guys will be back together again, um, spending yeah. all that time together. But yeah, like when you start to feel the third wheel vibes, bow out because you're probably being a third wheel yeah. vibes. I, I, you know, you, you seem sane enough to know, well, you know, know the situation to read the room. You're reading right. the room right, I guess. Yeah, but also, um, don't take it. Try remember, like this is not about you. No, right? I think that is what I'm sensing a little bit yeah. that you're taking it a little personally and it's not, it's, it's that she's in it with this dude is happy and she's trying to find the balance for herself. So it's, it's not directly about you. I mean, you're in it in the sense, but it's not about you being on not interesting or you not being fun to be around or you not being important. Totally. I think that, um, at the crux of this are, is, the reason why this is, I think, sitting with you in this awkward, uncomfortable way is because you're wondering, are you important? And mm. it's the wrong question totally. to ask. You, Of course you're important. You are important. Don't doubt that. Um, and when you can remove that question from this whole situation, that this isn't about how important or not important you are, it's just how the ebb and flow of a friendship when it is existing in the same environment as a new relationship and romance and love and pheromones and all of that, that's all this is. It's not about your significance. Oh my God. That was quite beautiful. That be- oh. In my, 
my diarrhea state. It almost brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> so R, um, please know how much we appreciate yes, you. R. And, I really like you. Uh, I can tell that we would we would be tight too. I like R. Fucking if her Sasha doesn't say that. That's true. I really don't. A lot of people. <laughs> Neither do I, I actually. <laughs> we actually hate people. Yeah. So I R, don't know why we are you are important to us. <laughs> okay. This next letter is I included because I feel like you'll have a lot to say about it. Really? Yeah, it's about tits. Oh, I'm excited. And letting your tits just breathe. <laughs> the next question is about tits? Yeah. And breathing? Well, oh, okay. All right. Well, here we'll we go. See. Dear Sasha and Lainey, what is your stance on bras and specifically on appropriateness of not wearing them and more specifically not wearing them on school runs? I have completely abandoned wearing bras, clasp or no clasp. I hate them but find myself having to wear black thick t-shirts in order to hide the fact that my boobs are free underneath. It works most of the time, but it is summer now. And sometimes when it's scorching, I'd love to throw on a camisole and not think about looking sexual. Is it sexual? I don't care one bit about being judged by other mothers. In fact, I'm an absolute look. In fact, I'm an absolute loner and don't even know anyone's names or their kids' names. I speak to no one. But it is deeply ingrained in me what is and isn't appropriate, and I would hate to be side-eyed. I'm in my early 40s. My boobs are a post-breastfeed C-size. Wish they were smaller so I wouldn't have this issue. I keep my appearance super simple. Boyfriend jeans, t-shirts, and no makeup. Do you think sexualization of tits is still a thing? Have the rules been erased, or will I be called for a talk with the principal? Thank you, M. Oh, I love this question. Right? I knew you would. I knew you would. So take it away. Uh, take it away. No, I want to know what you think. Well, I mean, it resonates with me a little bit because I... You've been regularly... Whenever I see you, you're not wearing a bra. Oh, have you noticed that? Well, you don't have to. Well, yes. And that's a compliment. Okay, but like, when have I been... I wish that I so could walk around in the world. So you've noticed lately I've just not been wearing bras? You were wearing a really cute top um, on Saturday, was not even though your yes, asshole was hurting. Yeah. Um, and I love the top, but I also, because I pay attention to the kinds of tops that people can wear without a bra, like, yes. but they can't be wearing a bra. For instance, the top you were wearing on Saturday, I couldn't wear that. Why? You know my body. I do know your body. You have bigger boobs than me. And I always think, oh God, I wish I had Mine bigger- are enormous. Yes, but see, well, it's, it's, the grass is always greener. I would love a fucking enormous tit. You fucking lie. I don't, I do you- not lie. There are so many tops that I buy and I'm like, well- Fucking, that's a goner because I can't fucking fill them out. I so when she, when our writer said she had fucking C tits, I was like, that's that is the ideal tit size to fucking free swing that shit. Anyway, what I was gonna say is I do <laughs> go back and forth. Like I like wearing like low slung um, shirts. I like fucking unbuttoning it all. But there is always in the back of my mind, oh fuck, is this kind of slutty or like. Or is this like just too much reveal? Am I being like too, like, is this too much? But then I always just go out anyway. I But I, there is a battle. There is always that battle in my head being like, is this too much? Is someone going to think like this is inappropriate? Um, and I mean, my quick answer is no. I think that like from, from what I also see like just out on Instagram or like in fashion magazines, I think like more and more people are not fucking wearing bras. Like, the tit is out and the tit is like, like thumbs up, like free yeah. ride that shit. And everyone seems to be okay with it. Like I, I don't see lots of people. I know that we're in this COVID state and everyone's braless, but like 
even before that, like, especially in the summer, I don't know. I, I'm all for it. If, if we're talking about just like aesthetically, I'm all for it. I, I don't think that it's inappropriate for the situation that um, M is laying like out. Like in a camisole. You're getting, you're getting in your car, you're picking up your kid, and then you're, dro- you're dropping your kid off. Are you fucking going into business meetings? Is this like a work situation? No, it's the school drop off and pick up, right? It's the school. How, what if she was to get out of the car and the principal sees her? Is that wrong? Well, I don't know. Like, is she running through a sprinkler? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) No. She's actually, like, she said she doesn't talk to anybody. She's there for the purpose of picking up and dropping off her kid. But she knows she's being seen. So she shows up. She knows she's being seen by other people. Or she wouldn't be fucking writing us. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, too, that what she's saying is, like, She's done it in the winter in a black t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's scorching hot. So she's thinking about a camisole. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm picturing a camisole, I'm not picturing, like, lingerie. I'm picturing a pretty, I don't no, know. No, camisole is lingerie. It's, is it? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's just another name um, for, like, no, camisole, sleepwear is a camisole fucking tank. Same, same. All right. So should she show up in a camisole to the school run with no bra on? I mean, from a style is perspective, the- yes. Okay. You know what I think is messier? Fucking seeing a bunch of dirty-ass bra straps with your fucking camisole. Great. So, yeah, what's, I don't think it's totally sexualized. But you, but It's fashion. But you were going – you were going to say if she was to go into, like, a workplace. I don't think she should show up in a camisole to, <laughs> like – a lawyer's, like if she's a lawyer, I mean, because whether or not we agree with policing women's clothing, which I get, women's clothing should not be policed. That said, the fact of the matter is, is especially in certain industries like the legal industry or I don't know, whatever, boardrooms, there is a certain dress code. Okay. But how about she's not in a boardroom? How about you? Have you ever gone on TV without a bra? No. Okay. How about no. people with breast implants? They go a lot of the time braless and they don't get shamed. All the time. So is well, that's, All the so time. that's the point. So what, just because their tits sit up a bit perkier, they're allowed to? Yeah, but I think that right now, okay, she, what, specifically we're focusing on her question. But she's also talking, she, but she's also talking about going braless in general. Is that, is that sexualized? Is that inappropriate? No. I don't think you can, I don't think that you're, I think you're fine going braless um, in this situation to pick up the kid. Okay. Should you just wear a camisole and show up braless to church? And that goes for, and that goes for, so maybe I need you to spell this out for me. So no church, no legal offices. Are you allowed to go to the grocery store braless in a camisole? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, are you? A- I'm good with that. Okay. So casual things you're allowed to do all that with, but if you take it yeah. into the workplace, that is a no. Depends on the workplace. Like our workplace, it's a creative space, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's one thing. But again, unfortunately, there are certain industries that are more traditional and conservative. I don't like that either. Yeah. I don't like that either. And I think it's bullshit. I want to say that before people jump down my throat. 
Having said that, the reality is, Mm -hmm. the reality of it is probably because it's an established conservative traditional workplace, certain industries, a camisole with no bra on to go to a legal briefing is probably not the thing. How about braless with not a camisole? Okay, so this is what this is what I keep on. This is why I kind of yeah. like I can't get this out of my head. You and me, right. we work at the same place. Not yeah. you. I want to talk about someone with like, like fake breasts because that this is what's fucking making my head screw. So is sure. it okay? We know tons of people with fake breasts. Yeah. So is it okay? Is it is it is it cool if the fake breaster goes in with the t-shirt no bra? But then I roll in and I wear no bra, but you can see the fact that I've got like warm nipple, like warm nipple tits because mine are. There are some outfits, but there are some outfits where you don't need to wear a bra. I'm talking just a t-shirt. Talking a t-shirt. Okay. Right? Because this, this, our writer wore a black t-shirt in the winter braless. Yeah. So is it more, like, is it seen more appropriate for someone who has perky fake tits as opposed to somebody who has, let's say, as she said, uh, like, what did she say? Mom breasting C's, so which she's yeah. trying to tell us are like saggier. Are those those should in my eyes should be allowed either way. Yes, but one in a black t-shirt. But one is more. In, but one is more um, accepted, right? Because one is perkier and one is like rounder. Yeah. So that's bullshit. Like that that bothers me. It looks more. Oh, totally. It looks more unkept, right? I'm putting that in major quotation. It's also the movement. It's it's the movement, mm-hmm. right? Like if if mm-hmm. you have breast implants, they don't jiggle and swing. Yeah, totally. Um, and so it's the jiggle and swing of it, right? And for sure, I see. I definitely see the the difference there, and there shouldn't be okay. one. But I don't know that that was her question. Her question is like, is on the school run on a cam like is a camisole no bra cool? And I'm like, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, good. If you are a, a an attorney. And you are in court and you show up <laughs> and you are like delivering your opening statement <laughs> <laughs> and you show up in a camisole with no bra. I'm pretty sure like that's, you know, no not, a, not a thing. <laughs> I would love if courtrooms Allow were that. always every day. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I'm saying I would love it. I'm just saying reality, the reality of the world is that that's probably not a good idea. Okay. okay. Right? So- yeah, that's the question, right? That's the question, but I just Am- wanted to go rogue. <laughs> right. Well, I, her question is, do you think sexualization of tits is still a thing? Yes, I do. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I do think. Um, I don't think you should be called into a talk with the principal no. just because you drive up in your car wearing a camisole with no bra, get out, you know, throw your kid's knapsack in the back seat, s- strap the kid into the car seat and drive away. Um, but it didn't if even, you're wearing the, but to me, it yeah. doesn't even have to be that quick. You can go and fucking linger outside and like, like I see not talk fucking, well, eat your fucking sure. lunch on the fucking sidewalk. I don't give a shit. I think yes, that shit looks that's great. That's fine too. That looks all good. I guess that's what I'm saying. She's the options she's given us. I give a, okay. Everything looks good. I'm just saying she specified that she doesn't talk to anybody. She just shows up. She picks the kid up. She drops the kid off and she's out. Right. Like I'm lengthening her camera yeah. all time. Go do, yeah. go run some errands in them. Totally fine. <laughs> um, you know what just like popped in my head though? Sometimes they have like parent and kid athletic day where you like uh, a sports day. I don't know. A sports day. Yeah. And I mean, so I think that sure, a tank top, 
um, and no bra would be fine on that day. But then would you be uncomfortable doing sports day and like running around? Because I can't run without a bra on. I can't even run without a bra on. Right. So that then it becomes about comfort. Right. I know that this isn't the question. I'm, I'm playing out all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> so if you're, if you're that parent where you're just like, you brought your lawn chair and you're just watching the sports day, go ahead with your tank top and no bra. But if you're doing the wheelbarrow race. Right. Or like the sack run. <laughs> yeah. You need to lock and load I'm that just chair. thinking for comfort's sake. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully yeah. we answered that. <laughs> no, we just went on yeah, like a tear tangent. about <laughs> Fuck, I wish I could go braless. You know, like, but I feel like you always do. Or you just I do wear- go braless at home all the time. I guess I just but don't in- think what you wear are bras because you just wear sports bras. Yeah, I wear sports bras. I hate real bras. Yeah, that's what I think is in my head right now. Yeah. Um, but you know what I hate is that, like, you know, my breasts are big and heavy, They're- and I hate having to carry them. Like, I actually have to hold them because they're that big. I guess I every time them. you flash me, you yeah. do hold them, actually. Even when you flash me, you yeah. hold them. Nope. I'm closing my eyes. Fuck. <laughs> you guys. This is secretly, this is why I included that. She just flashed me, just FYI. Because you miss my tits. You haven't I seen them don't. in months. Again, I've never asked for them. You think it's something I enjoy. I've never said I do. I know you do. Okay. Um, no, like when I go up and down the stairs, I hold them. Yeah. Without a bra on. Like I, yeah, I fucking hate you, that. Have I, I want never, a reduction. have I never seen you in, uh, like a tank top without a bra before? I guess not. Mm-mm. You should probably try that. I think you've seen me in a certain kind of tank dress that is constructed in a way that I don't have to wear a bra. But it's just uncomfortable for you, mostly. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because they're so heavy. At times in the month, they're so heavy. There are times in the month where they're small for me. For yeah. Um, I put on some weight in COVID though. So whenever I put on weight, my tits get oh, bigger. So, so I'm about like, <gasps> so yeah. Great. They're real big right now. Like they're, yeah. And they're lopsided. Listen, you've got great tits, so I'm not going to do this. No, yes, I don't think so. I see like, them more really... often than I want to, and I can say, <laughs> yes, they're good. All right. Maybe we should wrap okay, this up right, because, right, right. yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your questions coming to me at Sasha at LadyGossip.com. We started with COVID and we ended on tits. So um, I think that that did our uh, a rough beginning ended up in a good place. Yeah. Um, Leave comments, uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.